Welcome to Watch Therefore. Our Savior Jesus told us to watch for His coming, and the signs that He spoke of are all around us, shouting, Watch Therefore, and be ready. So join me, Dove Schwartz, as we learn to watch and prepare for the coming of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now today's program was recorded at Calvary Chapel Beth Shalom in Pearland, and I'd like to invite all of our listeners in the Houston area to join us at Calvary Chapel in Pearland, where the Bible is taught line upon line, chapter upon chapter, book upon book, where prayer is a priority and where fellowship is something we experience together as Jesus our Savior walks in our midst by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Ray Jensen is the new pastor at Calvary Chapel Beth Shalom, and the Lord has raised him up to lead this congregation in this critical hour just before the coming of Messiah Jesus. Listen today, and we pray you're blessed. Exodus 14 and 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, that they turn and camp before Pihahiroth. Oh, help me, God. Between Migdol and the sea opposite Baal Zephon. You shall camp before it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are bewildered by the land. The wilderness has closed them in. Then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them, and I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord, and they did so. And so this move that God told them to make, to go to the camp to this location here, what, this was a move that would make the Israelites seem like they were confused or disoriented. You know, with Pharaoh's hardened heart, he would make a move to try to enslave them all over again, right? But one thing that Pharaoh could not see was that God had perfectly positioned Israel into just a place to crush their enemies out. He put them in just the right spot. Pharaoh was about to walk into a trap set by God. And so again, like I'm saying, if you seem to take the long way around or this way doesn't make sense, realize we have enemies out there and they're out to get us. And sometimes when God takes you a direction that seems to make no sense, it's so that he can trap your enemies and squash them out. See what's going on here? Like I said, just trust the Lord and go where he tells you to, right? So this was God's master move of strategy. This went beyond any military strategy that anybody's ever had. They couldn't see what was coming. God's move of strategy to put an almost defenseless nation of Israel into a seemingly vulnerable location. You ever felt like that? I'm very vulnerable right now. It don't take much to knock me out. Well, guess what? If you got God, you're just right where He wants you to be. He'll take care of it, right? This was a seemingly vulnerable location. It was a move that to the world looked like foolishness. Looked like it was a bad move to be here. And again, let me remind you, 1 Corinthians one twenty-seven. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. You ever feel foolish sometime? My hand's up first. I often feel weak. I feel like it don't take a whole lot to knock me over. Just keep your eye on this story. God fights for us. Pharaoh and his army. And all their pride and all their power are about to be put to shame by God. Exodus 14 and 5. Now it was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled. And the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this? That we have let Israel go from serving us. 
So he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. Also, he took 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with boldness. So the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them camping by the sea of Pihiroth before Baal Zephon. So just before, so just now the Egyptians are starting to realize the implications of releasing the Hebrews. They're realizing, hey, our workforce is gone. And so Pharaoh and his officers were determined to make them come back. And some of them, you know, would probably get killed in the process. Now, though the Israelite men numbered 600,000 that we see here, typically you don't number the women and the children involved, but we see the men were 600,000 and it could have been around 2 million. But Pharaoh, he was encouraged by their seeming indecisiveness. He heard about their location. He thought, it makes no sense for them to be there. They should be this way. That's that's a dumb move to go over there. Plus, they're closed in. We got them. Let's go get them. He was not realizing the hand of God still, even after 10 plagues. And so Pharaoh commanded the mightiest military force in its day to go down. And to him, this was going to be a slaughter. This was going to be easy. And whoever he could get left over, he'd bring them back. Israel's backed up in a corner with no way out. They have water on one side and the mightiest army in existence coming down the hill on the other side. So you ever heard the term, it's going to be like shooting fish in a barrel. That's what what he thought it was going to be like. But yet again, Pharaoh does not know the power of God, the power of the God of Israel. Exodus 14 and 10. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Golly, that's good stuff. The Lord will fight for you. I'm telling you, I'll clap. We get in these things where it's like, man, I got to throw more punches. I got to do more work. I got to do more stuff. And we stop to think, hey, just stand still and be quiet. So here they are, trapped between the sea and the army. They can see their enemy coming at them, and they quickly forgot the past that the Lord provided. And they started accusing Moses by leading them out to die. That's the thing. As soon as they forgot, oh, now it's all of a sudden it's Moses' fault. Hey, didn't we tell you this? Didn't we tell you to leave us alone? Better to die here than come out. Jumping all over Moses for this all of a sudden. I just wanted to ask you, do you see what fear does? Do you see what it does to people? It takes them this way and turns them that way. It makes them forget God. It distorts fear, distorts your memory of what God has done for you in the past. Y'all ever had God do mighty things in your past? I have. And you get fearful, and then you forget it all of a sudden, don't you? Well, why don't we think God could do it again? He can still protect us, right? 
Fear had altered their thinking so much that they had just lost all memory of everything he had just done for them. That's the danger of fear. There's no time for fear. Don't let fear take you over like this. It's damaging. It will cause you to think and do things that will cause you to try to cut God out of the equation. When you find yourself in a bad situation and you start to worry and fear, your every angle of resolution does not have God in it as a real answer. You lose the whole God issue, the whole God resolution, the whole God protecting you concept of things because you start leaning on your own thinking. And we've been through two passages already that our best way of thinking is a way of death. It doesn't work. We have to follow the Lord. If you get to where you don't see God as a real answer, then you have arrived to the same point here that the Israelites have come to. Isaiah 41 and 10. Fear not. I'm going to say that again. If, if, if you don't remember anything, remember this today. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God said this to Israel here in Isaiah. And guess what? The same goes for those of us who are in Jesus Christ. Fear not, I'm with you. I'm your God. I'll strengthen you. I'll help you. I'll hold you up with my hand. I mean, it don't get any better than that. So those things that you're confronted with, those challenges, those problems... Don't be afraid of it. Trust in the Lord, right? Don't be afraid. So Moses recognized that fear was distorting their memory of what he'd done for them in the past and that their passions were being stirred up. It stirs your passions up against God and and, and other people. They're doing that to Moses. And so he reassured them that the Lord would deliver them by fighting for them. All they had to do was stand firm in faith. Let me tell you the same thing. Whatever it is that you're confronted with, stand firm in the Lord and He will fight for you. It's not that big a deal. I heard at the pastor's conference, somebody quoted Chuck Swindoll. Life consists of 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. This pastor gave a story that the water went out in the whole building and people were about to come in the next morning. How are they going to flush toilets, get drinks, wash their hands, all these things? We got a problem. Oh, this is huge. What are we going to do? Do we have to bring big things of water in? Are people going to get thirsty or not be able to go to the, the, the restrooms or whatever? We got a big problem. And it looked huge. It was like this giant thing that was going to mess up the whole Sunday. And he called an electrician. He went to the, like, the switch box that runs the, the water well or something. He found a ladybug. It crossed over two little points or something, and it got shorted out. Bad for the ladybug, but anyway. He pulled the switch out and cleaned it off, stuck it in. The water came on, no problem. See, the problem was this big. But to the pastor, it was like the whole church is going to be affected. Let the Lord work your situation out. I guarantee you, the situation you're confronted with is not as big as you're making it out to be. It's not my, my, my things is not as big as I make it out to be. We, we just have this thing of getting distorted when we forget about the Lord, like the Israelites are doing here. Just... All, they, all you have to do is stand firm in faith and the Lord will fight for you. It's not that big. Exodus 14 and 15. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. 
And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Wow, God told Moses he would deliver the people through the sea on dry ground. Dry. You think of a sea, it's been there hundreds of years. Everything under it is just saturated with water. Dry ground, no problem. This was not a matter of evaporation. This was a matter of God's power to do what we would call impossible. All Moses had to do was raise his staff over the sea and they would go out on dry ground. And just like God had demonstrated his power and glory in the plagues, he would show it again. But this time, in the complete destruction of the Egyptian army, totally wiped them out. And from this, God said, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. I don't think our country quite knows it. I think they're aware of a man who was named Jesus. He walked around, taught good things, got hung on a cross. Yeah, they know about him, but they don't know that he is the Lord. Lord means the boss. I run everything. It runs the way I say, my way. They know of a Jesus, they know of a God, but they do not know him as Lord. He said here, they're going to know I'm the Lord. Friends, this is the same Lord that I have over me right now. The same one. The one that's talking to Moses here at the Red Sea. This is the same Lord. I just think that's completely cool. So Pharaoh is looking at the Israelites as fools for camping in this location. But who are the real fools here? Who are the real fools about to be? Who are the real fools also going to be for following the Israelites through? Exodus 14, 19. And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud of darkness to the one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other all that night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. The angel of God moved from the front of the Israelites to the back to protect them from the Egyptians. So the angel shifted from guide to guardian. He was guiding them, now he's guarding them. You see, God not only offers us guidance, but protection at the same time. That's a pretty good deal, if you ask me, to get both of those in one, one thing. And here where it says it was a cloud of darkness to the one and gave light to the other, what that means is that this pillar that had been a cloud by day and a fire by night, it was now doing two different things at once. It was darkness on this side and lightness on, light on this side at the same time. I talked about it switching from one to the other. Now it's doing both. Depends on which side of the pillar you're on, <laughs> Right? It was causing darkness to the Egyptians, but giving light 
to the Israelites. Same angel, same pillar. One side was darkness, the other side light. All at the same time. Protection. And so the angel got between Egypt and, the, and Israel to protect them and put darkness on Egypt so that they could not make any advances or coordinate any moves. How much can you do when you can't see? It's like, we're here to get the Egyptians. I can't see what I'm doing. I don't even know where my sword's at. Where's my chariot? I, I, I must be just two feet from it, but I can't find it. Darkness. They can't do a thing. You know, God has a way of striking your enemy worthless and protecting you. When you can't see, you can't charge forward. You can't, you can't run off either. They couldn't retreat. You don't know where you're going, what you're doing, but Israel had light. So imagine this tornado, if you will, this pillar, dark on one side and lit on the other, so that the enemy stopped in its tracks while enabling the people of God to go on. You see, this is how it is for those who are the Lord's, and this is how it is for those who are not the Lord's. In the same picture, you know, there's a lot of people that think they're the Lord's and they're not, and they experience this confusion all the time. This darkness, what am I doing? I can't figure nothing out. Get on the light side. Get on the side where He protects and guides you and shows you the way. Get on the light side. He will fight for you. All you have to do is stand firm and have no fear. God will work it out. Trust Him. But again, I want to remind you that Israel had to leave where they were before they could get to the place where God operates like this. This is cool. I like this. I want God to operate like this in my life. To get to this point, you have to leave where you were. You might be thinking, why doesn't the Lord fight for me? How come I'm always the victim? Well, maybe perhaps you haven't repented of what God's been trying to tell you is sin. And you're still sitting in your own Egypt. You're still in bondage to something you refuse to walk away from. And you need to walk away from it so you can get to that place like this where God will start working in your life. I've had people ask me before, Wow, Ray, does God do this kind of stuff like this around you all the time? And I'm like, yeah, it's really cool. Like, God's never done that in my life. I said, you need to give your heart to the Lord. Well, I am saved. Well, then how come God's not working in your life? You think you're saved and you're not. You think you're on the light side, but you're on the dark side. Give your life to Christ. You know, for a long time, uh, we had seen also, say, like for King Saul, God wouldn't even talk to King Saul. Because King Saul was in sin. Let go of the sin. Turn away from it. Walk out of bondage and start following the Lord. You cannot follow God and have your sin at the same time. You can't follow God and have your sin at the same time. You have to repent. You have to leave one to follow the other. You have to leave sin to follow God. And you have to leave God to follow sin. Can't have both. Jesus said the same about love of money. He says you can't have both. You have to pick one master. Just one. Repent. Turn away from that place of bondage. You know, right now is a good time to get right with Jesus Christ. Right now. And you'll see God start to work wondrous things in your life. So now all this time while God held the Egyptians back from the Israelites because of the confusion of darkness, He was performing even still yet another miracle. Oh, there's still more. (laughs) Another miracle. God was splitting the sea with a strong east wind and drying the sea floor so that they could walk through on dry ground. God's deliverance of Israel from Egypt gives us a picture of His mercy and His power in delivering His people from bondage. 
you becoming saved in Jesus is not just words that you utter and wait for the good stuff until you die. I used to think that being saved was, okay, well, I'm saved. The good stuff happens. I got to die first, you know. No, it starts now. When you make Jesus your Lord and Savior, at that very instant, you are delivered from the bondage of sin and your sins go back in time to the cross where Jesus takes your condemnation, condemnation penalty upon Him so that you don't have to live with or die with your condemnation upon you. What would have taken you and I an eternity in hell to pay for ourselves, Jesus paid for all in one day, on the cross for those who would receive him. Salvation is a miracle of God. You can't explain it. How did he get Israel through? I don't know. How did he save us? I don't know. He just does it because he can. Salvation is a miracle. You're made new. Set free forever. God knows how to take his people out of bondage. And looking at this story, you've got to know God knows how to take his people out of bondage. He knows also how to protect you from the enemy. Exodus 14 and 23. And the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his his horsemen. Now it came to pass in the morning watch that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud, and he troubled the army of the Egyptians, and he took off their chariot wheels so that they drove them with difficulty. See, God's ripping all their stuff apart. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Now look at that. Even the enemy sees it. Verse 26, then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea, that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians on their chariots and on their horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. Not so much as as one of them remained. But the children of Israel had walked on dry land in the midst of the sea, And the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. If you want God to enact in your life like this too, I want to point out Israel would have never arrived at this point of salvation if they had never left Egypt. We have to realize that we have our God who will fight for us. If you will trust in the Lord, if you will give your life to Jesus Christ, there is a way out. Thanks for listening today, and please join me every day, Monday through Friday, unless our Lord Jesus returns for us this week. This program is listener-supported and depends on tax-deductible donations to stay on the air. Give to Watch Therefore and contact me through our website at watchtherefore.tv. You can also send tax-deductible donations to Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. Again, by the web, watchtherefore.tv, and mail, watchtherefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. You can also call me right now at 713 
713-624-0943. That's 713-624-0943. Keep watching for Messiah Jesus. This is John Peake with Israeli Self-Defense and Fitness. We are the new breed of martial arts and fitness designed to give you the understanding and skills to defend yourself and your family against an attack or threat by an armed or unarmed attacker or multiple attackers. We're an international organization led by former Israeli soldiers with a curriculum that is simple and effective. You owe it to yourself, family, and loved ones to be able to defend against any assault should the need arise. We are followers of Jesus Christ, led by His Holy Spirit to provide a safe and functional training environment to develop life-saving skills and increase your physical fitness beyond what you may think is possible. We offer group, private, and corporate training. Call today and mention KKHT to get a 10% discount on your membership. Remember, you owe it to yourself and loved ones not to be a victim. Visit us on the web at IsraeliSelfDefense.net or call 713-53-TRAIN. That's 713-538-7246 to get started today.